If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Y'all some real ones. I'm just glad I can keep playing where I started my career. And for everybody who thinks they know where I was going, you guys are funny. I didn't even know where I was going. Um, people were jumping to conclusions since I'm in training in Miami that I'm coming here. I had no clue where I was going, but, you know, God always make it work for you, so... So I was even telling he got you. So. Hmm. I'm thinking that might be Shaq Barrett on his Instagram or something. Is that Janu? Both wrong. Man, Brent. Aaron Jones. Ah, oh, yeah. I was, that was a big time surprise to me. That was surprising. That Green Bay made that work, especially with AJ Dillon, who they invested, I think, a second round pick on. I was very surprised they were able to sign him to a new deal. Yeah, I think, and, and I'll say this, maybe they get another good year out of it. I don't think they're going to see the best of Aaron Jones in this contract. Um, I might but, be wrong, but I think they've already seen the best of Aaron Jones. I, that's I think the this thing, though, Brent. A- they don't have to see the best of Aaron Jones. We have A.J. Dillon on deck. Like, I think that it's going to be a timeshare. Yeah, I, that's that's fair, but four yeah. years, $48 million, man, I mean, for that for a running back spot. That's pretty hefty. No, it's hefty, but it's also what you're getting with Aaron Jones at the wide receiver position as well. And when I say wide receiver, I mean, you know, the receiving threat that Aaron Jones is. Like, what what I envision for the Green Bay Packers going forward is a lot like what you saw in New Orleans when you had Mark Ingram and you had Alvin Kamara. Um, Alvin Kamara will be the Aaron Jones, and he'll probably be the featured guy. But when you got to pound the rock, when you need those tough yards or the goal line situations, that's where A.J. Dillon comes in. I don't want to keep keep hanging anymore. Let's get him on right now. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martin, Austin Lane on a Monday free agency Monday. Hey, Saqib, I guarantee you and nobody else had Roy Robertson, Harris, uh, Jamal Agnew, and Rudy Ford first three off the board for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Put on the bingo card. <laughs> Not really. I'm just kind of surprised with the kid getting $21 million. I would rather get a cold back. At least we know the guy. I've never heard of I, – I watch a lot of football on Sundays. I, I've never heard of that guy. I'm sorry to say that. I hope he's good for the $21 million for three years we're giving him. I would love to see Juju Smith. I would love to see another guy come in. But I'm kind of surprised they would give a guy that's, like, going to be a, just a punt returner, or kick returner, $21 million. I'd rather get Cole back because I really – you know, I've, I've enjoyed watching Cole for the last three, four years. And I'm sad that he's going to be gone right now because I really love Cole a lot, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, Austin, take it away on that one. i got to go start my car so the battery doesn't run out. (laughs) Okay. What's happening? It's the camera. The battery keeps saying it's having trouble. Oh, I don't know what's going on anymore. All right, I got you. So... Sakeem makes a a, a great point. Sakeem, I don't want you to get distracted, though. Like, I understand. The wide receiver spot, when you got guys like Smith-Schuster out there in Gaudet... Those are the sexy positions, but we got to keep our eyes on the prize. We got to keep on talking about tight ends and putting that in the universe because that's what this team really needs. Like, yeah, if you get Kenny Gaude or Smith Schuster, that's only going to help your offense. But the biggest hole right now on this team might be the tight end position. So you definitely got to address that as well. As far as Jamal Agnew is concerned, and by the way, nickname is Swagnew, and I, I didn't make that up. That's that's actually listed <laughs> I here. I saw that. 
And I'm not, I'm not mad at that whatsoever. So go and get your swag new trademarks in right now. Uh, whoever's going to be making T-shirts. When I look at the stats and I look at how Detroit used him, and we're looking at a guy, for the most part, who's got 16 career receptions in four years, right? So he hasn't been used a lot um, in terms of you know the offensive capabilities. I think he had his best year last year where he started two games, had 20 targets and 13 receptions. So maybe I just messed those up. Yeah, okay, so he had 13 receptions. Um, I... It's it's a special teams get. Uh, Keep in mind, he was a corner now. He was a corner for until transitioned over. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what more there is to say about it. I think this guy's going to be primarily a special teams guy, maybe a gadget guy every once in a while. Um, I'll tell you what, though, like – I see rumblings, is well, what about Curtis Samuel now? Are they get rid of, you know, Curtis, Curtis Samuel is a guy that's been kind of rumored as well. Yeah. To me, it has nothing for Curtis Samuel. I think Curtis Samuel could still come to Jacksonville. Just because you have Agnew here with special teams and maybe a gadget every once in a while doesn't mean you don't get Curtis Samuel as well. I just think that you spend a lot of money on a, a special teams guy. And if he's really as good as advertised, then so be it. But it is a lot of money. I think this, Austin. I think Roy Robertson-Harris, the signing there, who not a ton of people know about this guy, it looks like he they feel like he might be hitting his peak, right? He's, he's a rising star. He, the next few years are going to be very good. He's going to take a jump. Uh, I don't know how good that means he's going to be, but I think that's what they feel. I think if you look at this Jamal Agnew, it fortifies and makes you dynamic in the return game. And then you might also say, hey, this guy can grow into this role. We can do things with him. He's not going to be a primary guy. He's not going to be a pro bowler at, at the receiver position. But we value special teams, and we think we can do some things with his speed on the offensive end. Whether it's three plays a game or eight plays a game, I don't know. But So I'm looking at this as a return guy, too, early on, a, a fortification of special teams with the Rudy Ford signing as well. But I don't want to rule out the offensive end when the guy is 4-3-4 in the 40. They want to add speed. They do add speed. And with all the wrinkles people are putting in on their offense, with all the different players, again, go back to Kansas City. What's Kansas City doing with their offense? Well, you have no idea who's going to beat you any given Sunday. Now, they have stars in those roles, so it's amped up a little bit more. But the bottom line is they can get the ball to about seven different people who can have a big-time day on any given Sunday. Uh, the Jaguars and all the rest of the league want to mimic that. They want to become as deep and dangerous as possible on the offensive end. I think this guy gives you a wrinkle or two. Um, not as much probably as LaVisca Chenault won't be used as much as much as LaVisca Chenault, but he might add into the playbook somewhere and make it dynamic. I, I think that's what this is. I don't think it's anything more than that until we see more from him, but that's okay. Uh, like That's what they're buying into. And, and listen, I have no idea if it's going to work. I don't know how good the guy's going to be, but it, that's what the signing says to me. Here's the interesting thing of what's transpired so far with this team in free agency. Because usually we see, like, the first day of, you know, and once again, it's not officially for agency quite yet, but it's like the first day of what? you can't, uh, Of tampering, I guess you would say whatever. Yeah, tampering. Legal tampering. Legal tampering. It's the Legal best. Tampering. It's the best. So you have a good idea where guys are going to go. Usually you see the big names come off the board right away. We talk about the, the high-priced free agents, the game changers, the guys that come in and make a difference right away. Now, we saw John U. Smith go to New England. Um, you know, I think you can argue and say Roy Robertson-Harris, like, he's going to make a difference here in Jacksonville. But then it's followed by two special teams guys. And I just had somebody actually text me who's 
you know him too. He's he's with the uh, he he covers the Eagles. Let's just say, but he he compared Rudy Ford to a much faster Cody Davis, who was with Jacksonville okay. at one time to set yeah. you know set a scene a little bit. Depth safety special team. But we both agree now that special teams is a very big emphasis here. Not to say that it wasn't before, but I find it very intri- I don't want to say intriguing. I find it very peculiar, I guess, because we're talking about a team right now in Jacksonville that poached a lot of coaches from Baltimore. That is trying to, I think, in my opinion, do a lot of the things that the Baltimore Ravens do. Well, what do the Ravens take great pride in made more than anybody? It's special teams. John Harbaugh was a special teams coach before he became a head coach. True. So they value the special teams players. And if you look at how it's shaken out right now with the defensive line help, obviously, and then two special teams guys, that screams Baltimore Ravens to me right now. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it does. I think it also, if you look at all the good teams, all the good football programs, college, heck, if you want to go high school, but let's go college and NFL. Special teams is something that is emphasized by big-time coaches. You don't think Nick Saban emphasizes it? Heck yeah, he does. Bill Belichick? Heck yeah. We know Tom Coughlin came in here and made it a point. He was having starters play on special teams. And now that I say that out loud, I do remember early on someone asking Meyer about that question and, and the value of special teams and him talking about it. The bottom line is, Urban Meyer values special teams. He knows that's a big piece of the pie, and I think we're seeing it. He's been less vocal about that since he took over, but I think his actions are speaking very loudly about what they want to do on special teams. And some people are saying now that Jamal Agnew is the best return man maybe in the game, uh, you can argue. So he got better there. Uh, it's not this sexy, big, oh, my gosh, $90 million play, but it's a guy that they can buy into, and it does fill speed. He wants to get faster. He got a 4-3-4 guy. I want to shift the topic a little bit. We'll get back into We'll keep updating what the Jags are doing, what the reports are. If you're just jumping in, uh, Roy Robertson-Harris, a defensive tackle from Chicago. Jaguars uh, reportedly have uh, grabbed him in free agency. It's the first one. Three-year, $24 million deal. So I'd call that a moderate deal. Then we're talking about Jamal Agnew. He's a return man specialist, shifted from cornerback to receiver. We'll see how much he plays in the passing game and on offense for the Jags. But he's a return man specialist, uh, at the very least, over from Detroit. And Rudy Ford is, 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 a, is a backup safety but a special teams guy. So that's the three that the Jaguars have made a play for, at least reportedly, so far here on this Monday when uh, legal tampering started around noontime here in the NFL. Free agency really kicks off at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. Austin, Shaq Barrett goes back to Tampa. They found money in the pirate ship. Uh, It's amazing how they move some dollars around and and create space, and they keep Barrett, and now they've been able to keep Godwin. Good for them. They're doing more than I thought they'd be able to do. They keep Lamonte David, too. Who would have thought they'd be able to keep all three of those players? I did not. I don't think anybody did. They found a way to keep it for another run. They're trying to make another run, and good for them. They should be trying to make another run. I will say this, though, and I told you this last week. I thought Barrett was a little bit buyer beware on how much you'd spend for his productivity on a consistent level. And I think this is one that benefits the Jags. I think this would have been tempting for the Jags. I don't know if they would have been play in play for him, but... If they were, I think this one is one of those moves that could have, could have bit you at the end of the day. And so I actually kind of like him staying in Tampa, the Jags being able to put money elsewhere. What I do wonder now is with Judon going to uh, New England and with Jack Barrett staying, what are the Jaguars going to do 
if anything, in free agency to try to beef up their pass rush? Or are they going to really uh, put a lot of faith in a guy like Chase on to take a big step? Yeah, you know, first of all, and you know how I feel about Shaq Barrett, I I would have loved to see him come to Jacksonville. Um, I understand that maybe you could say he regressed a little bit this past year, but the guy had 59 quarterback pressures in 2020. Yeah, that, pretty that, good. That, that, that was good for third uh, in yeah. the NFL, and that's the second straight year he finished third in quarterback pressures. And when you have a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, who used to always praise, well, he doesn't always get the sacks, but he gets the quarterback pressures. Like, pressures can make the difference as well from an edge-rushing standpoint. I feel like Shaq Barrett would have been a home run here in Jacksonville. So, I'm on a limb on that, too, by are? the way. Like, I'm on a limb. I know. I, I get a lot of people would have been excited about Barrett. Yeah. But with that being said, Barrett stays in Tampa Bay. The salary cap doesn't exist. Congratulations to the Buccaneers. What do the Jaguars do now? I like Matthew Judon. He's going to New England, so he's out. Um, I still think you address the edge situation, uh, whether it's going to be a starter or depth purposes, because once again, I mean, it's not just a base defense. You can run NASCAR packages. You can run speed packages or whatever Bob Sutton and, and uh, Joe Conner are going to call these packages, but... You still need to address the edge rush, I believe, because Caleb on chase on this year will be a lot more at home. But once again, how confident are you that you're going to get high productivity out of a guy who kind of came on at the end but didn't really show you that much last year playing out of position? So I still think they address it. Um, who that guy could be, I'd have to do a little more deep diving because, like I said, Matthew Judon was the guy I thought that they were going to be looking at with Joe Cullen coming from Baltimore and everything. So I think they address it, but who it is, though, is the big question. Well, and here's where I'm going with it, Austin. How much does this show, hey, they, they, they see some growth in Chason, too. You know, they, they, Chason could easily be a guy that I didn't pick him. He's not part of our draft class, our regime. We're going to slide him into a depth role until he shows us more. Is this showing a little bit of confidence potentially now we'll see what they do in the draft and there's not a lot out there early in the draft uh when it comes to pass rushers either but there's always pass rushers to get yeah i i just feel like this says a little bit about confidence and chase on taking a step and being in this three four kind of defense and being the first round pick that they thought they got um yes but what's gonna like have they even met with chase on yet like has he been to the stadium yeah i don't know do, do, do they know like you know how is he being, like, I, I don't know i mean that's it's a legitimate question. Um, like you said, he was coming on at the end, and he looked a little more comfortable out there. But is that enough to say, okay, this guy's are starting whatever it's going to be, weak side or strong side outside linebacker going forward, probably weak side of linebacker going forward in a 3-4 defense? I, I don't know. I think I think there's a risk there. I think when you got guys like, you know, and I'm just throwing names out there, you got guys like Ryan Kerrigan, Justin Houston, uh, who who has a tie to Bob Sutton, uh, who played in Kansas City, obviously, uh, with Justin Houston. Um, Bud Dupree is a guy coming off that ACL. Yeah, you know how I feel about true. that. And once again, we have a GM who has taken risks before with guys coming off of major surgeries. Uh you know, Clowney. I mean, there's still names out there. Uh, Melvin Ingram could be another guy. So I still think they address it. It may not be the biggest name out there, but I think overall you got to add depth, if nothing else, for depth purposes. So, yes, I think they address somehow. It just may not be that big name that you want to hear, like a Shaq uh, Barrett. Yeah, and obviously Barrett wasn't available, but I don't think yeah. – I. I think it does say a little bit about Chason. I do think they'll add depth as well. They need more. You need more. No doubt about it. Could it come in the draft? Could it come with a little bit of a B-list or C-list kind of guy? We'll see. Uh, you know, one, one other note about the pass rushers. 
Austin, we had these conversations for two years. And it's Shaq Barrett signs a deal which is about sixteen, seventeen million a year for a guy who's really over what, two seasons now had twenty eight sacks and you just mentioned the pressures, he's probably over a hundred pressures yeah. in two seasons. So that's like one of your top guys in free agency, maybe he would have commanded a little bit more. I'm not so sure because I don't think there's a such thing as a hometown discount type of thing. Maybe he wanted to keep the band together and he took an extra uh, less million dollars or something. I don't know. But the bottom line is a market that at one time for players like Frank Clark and Demarcus Lawrence had ballooned to five years, $105 million, and we thought was going up and up and up, has certainly crept back down. I mean, that's just fact. And it's been a wild thing to watch, as interesting and as valued as a commodity as a pass rusher is. The dollars have corrected, and they are not where they used to be for a pass rusher. You're not wrong. You know, you you definitely aren't wrong there. Um, It is fascinating because I don't feel like... I don't know. I, I don't really know what to attribute to this. Obviously, there could be some buyer's remorse from guys like you just mentioned. You know, whether it was the, the, the whole D Ford thing. Uh, you know, Frank Clark. I see for agency right now, and like you see a guy with. And to me, what really started this off was Clowney, right? Because Clowney was the big name when Yannick Ngakwe yeah. came out. Like, right, where is Clowney going to go? And then Ngakwe falls into place. Well, Clowney eventually goes to Seattle, but it wasn't that big of a deal. I don't know what I attribute to it because I still feel like the the need for a pass rush, it's one of the most important things in the league. But I just feel like guys now, uh, and when I say guys, I mean coaches, they find a way to get that pass rush and manufacture that pass rush, whether it's from blitzes uh, or, or things of that nature. So I do agree with you. I think the 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 stock of a pass rusher has gone drastically down, but all it takes is that one big guy, right, to kind of put it back on the board again. Now, Shaq Barrett could have been that guy. I'm not sure if he took a hometown discount or not. I think keeping the band together says a lot about Tampa Bay because they all seem to be resigning there. So there could have been a little bit of a hometown discount. But until we see like a monumental, you know, free agent guy pay off at the edge rush position, maybe like a Von Miller, we'll see if he can go to a new team and, and dominate how much money he's going to command. But until we see that, I don't see why the price wouldn't keep on dropping. Well, and here's the deal. I want to be a little careful. We're not talking about something that's like gone crazy. We're not talking like Bitcoin dropping back down to like 50% or something of what it was. We're talking about a correction, like a correction that we would see on well, the normal stock market. We're seeing a deals that were 20, 21 million and, and, and pushing toward more, 22, 22 and a half, 23, that have dropped back down now to 19, 18, 17, 16. And to your point on Clowney, you take that, you take Clowney with his three sacks in his name and his resume, maybe... I don't know, let's just say five, six, seven years ago, and you put him in free agency like it, well, he was last year, and bam, somebody's going to throw money at him. You know, Somebody's going to say, I'm taking a risk on that. Not so much the case. You know, Not so much the case. It's not like write your own deal. As a pass rusher these days, it doesn't feel that way. And you're, you're right. I don't think Von Miller is going to be the guy who's a little long in the tooth now, but I do. we'll see if there's a wave that comes about. There are a variety of reasons. We, we've explored them in the past. Yannick Ngakwe has been a big loser in this game in, in, that, in that respect because he's losing money. I mean, from, a, from what we thought the value could be, he's still going to make a lot of money, but he's losing where we thought the value could be and even probably he thought it could be. Uh, but 
I wonder if it's more from people are attacking on a rotational basis. I wonder if it was the Clark, the D Ford, the Lawrence deals that scared people and said, wait a minute now, we're paying this much for nine sacks? That's what we're paying for? When we're paying this much for like seven? Mm, you know, yeah. like where's the cutoff? Yeah. And so uh, I think there's a variety of reasons why. And obviously the cap this year will play into some of that. But it is pretty fascinating. It's been it's happened in front of our eyes at one of the most important positions. And why we bring it up, uh, well, it certainly has impacted here in Jacksonville with the Yannick Ngakwe front in the past. And maybe what they want to do going forward, whether it is a was a Judon or, or uh, even a Barrett if he had come available. But I think what's interesting to note is it hasn't changed it in some other positions. The quarterback position just keeps going up and up and up and up and so it's not like we're seeing an overall correction in the dollars of the league those salaries are just going to keep going up because the tv money is going to be there as we go forward i just think it's a very interesting note to say the past rushing money right in front of our eyes has dropped a bit probably a good 20 percent 15 20 percent for instead of gone up and that's unusual in sports well, like it's just yeah. unusual in our day and age in sports and what I'm very curious about is what the defensive tackle rate has done the past couple of years. Has that gone up? Because, like, the way the game is going now, I mean, when you have Aaron Donald last year, you know, tied for second most sacks in the season, uh, when you have a guy like Leonard Williams, who's seventh with 11 and a half sacks, like, and you have, you know, DeForest Buckner up there as well with nine and a half, you see guys that are three techniques now that can get after the quarterback, number one, but number two, obviously, are nightmares in the backfield and stopping the run. Not to say that edge rushers aren't that as well, but let's be honest. You expect your bona fide three technique to be a game record in the run game more than you do sometimes the edge rusher. So I wonder now if there's more of a commodity on paying three techniques going after those guys because we've seen what Aaron Donald can do to the guys around him. We saw what he did with Dante Fowler. We saw what he did with Clay Matthews. Heck, we saw what he did with Leonard Floyd this past season. Leonard Floyd had ten and a half sacks this past year. Chicago just cut him loose and said, we're done with you. So we've seen the power now of, of the three-technique position. And I wonder if that's trying to, you know, that's starting to gravitate and shift how we perceive the edge rushing position. Yeah, it might be. Uh, it's a good call. And, again, some of this is rotational. Some of this is what have you done once you signed the deal. Guys, before you set that, uh, and you've got to really look back and say, okay, once this guy signed, how much did he did he get more sacks than he had? Or did he drop off? And I think we're seeing a lot of drop off. Jaguars fans aren't going to like this one either. Josh Johnson reportedly going to the Cleveland Browns. I know that was a target for some. It was yeah. one of the names people liked on the list. And so some of these big names. I, I want to talk about this coming up. Yeah, it's a the Jaguars man, have a ton yeah. of money. Are they just, is it the philosophy not to go spend it big in 2021? Are we starting to see already here early, in the early hours of free agency, that Urban Meyer, Trent Balky, Shad Khan said, hey, we're not going to go spend 80% of this cap of, of what we have available. This is going to be a calculated and, and uh, responsible spending spree. Although we will spend some. Let's talk about it when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Very fluid. We'll continue to give you updates on free agency. Brent Martineau. Some uh, NBA play-by-play here this week as well. Right here on ESPN 690. 
Austin Lane. Hey, hey, you're right. Yeah, I know. Do you look good. over like are you gonna make it? Yeah, man. I'm making sure we're all good here. Hey, listen, hey. I, I get choked up about the new lineup. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Well, they are gonna look internally first, and of course, they still have Taysom Hill on the roster. Last year, uh, did have a couple starts to, uh, let's say, up and down results for the New Orleans Saints. But my understanding is the likely starter, Tom, for 2021 is gonna be Jameis Winston, who, by the way, is not under contract with the New Orleans Saints. They'd still like to work out a deal with Jameis to return a deal that limits the risk, doesn't cost a ton of money. We know they don't have a lot of cap space, but does allow him to maximize his upside in New Orleans. They loved what they saw behind the scenes from Jameis Winston in practice. It's just a matter of seeing it out on the game field, and likely that is what we will see this coming season. Well, if you're curious if the salary cap of the NFL exists, it doesn't. See the New Orleans Saints. Maybe the ultimate move in creativity with that deal for Taysom Hill. Uh, four years, $140 million, all voidable? <laughs> I mean, that's like, that was creative. And you got to have a player, I think, that's willing to do that, too. And if he does well, then the framework is then there. So uh, pretty interesting stuff on the Taysom Hill front, what the Saints are trying to do. Listen, I understand, Austin, that the, the salary cap is not real. In a lot of senses, you can do a lot of different things. Yeah. But if you're watching what the Saints are doing right now, they are jumping through a lot of hoops to try to stay competitive, be competitive in 2021. So, yes, there are always ways around it. But this is not ideal for New Orleans. I think at one time they were like $56 million or $60 million over the cap. You have to do a lot of dancing, man, to get back to where you need to be. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't know, man. I don't know if the Saints got like a stimulus check early <laughs> and they're just like, all right, let's go to Taysom Hill with it. I, I have no idea what they're doing. I understand that there's a lot of language in that contract. But at the end of the day, what is he going to make this up-and-coming season? 20-something million would it be? Or uh, I don't think it was that high. I thought okay. I saw somewhere like 9.8 or, or 9.8? Like okay. So I don't, I don't, I've seen so many dollars, so I'm that so might confused, not be the right Brent. one. I mean, but I'm I see, I see $140 sure. million, dollars, Brent Bertazen. That's what I see. Yeah, and but I, that's not it, though. That's I know, the point. I know. You know that's and, not it. Yeah. Um, I, I get that. It's just it, it's crazy to me. I, it makes me want to go back in time in 2010 <laughs> when I started my first game uh, in Dallas and just go up to Gene Smith and be like, hey, man, go ahead and pay me some more money because I started a game. I'm a fifth-round pick, and why not? We can yeah. afford it. Help me out. I'll help you out. Like, it's, it's, it's it insane. It certainly feels that way. It's, uh, it's Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, here on a free agency Monday. It's been a lot of fun, and it's fluid. we got to keep track of everything. Uh, real quick, the Jaguars, Roy Robertson-Harris, defensive tackle. That's their big spend right now. Three years, $24 million. Jamal Agnew, special teams ace in terms of return man, 4-3-4 speed. He's had, he has five returns for touchdowns in his NFL career. All pro back in 17, I think it was. Uh, and Rudy Ford, safety. This is a special teams play at best for the Jags. And that's all they've done. So, surprisingly not making the splash plays. John Johnson just got picked up by the Cleveland Browns. That was a guy that I know fans had on their list. Shaq Barrett Back with the Tampa Bay Bucks, another guy they had on their list. Jadu Smith to the Patriots, another guy Jags fans had on their list. I don't know if Matt Judon was on the list, but he was potentially another big-name signing. This is not happening. I want to get into that in a moment. Why are we not seeing the Jags spend big yet, or right now, or maybe at all, this year in free agency? Are we starting to get a peek into their philosophy for 2021? But before we do that, let's go to the line. Stevens on the line, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hey, how you guys doing? Not too Good bad, man. man. How you doing? Hey, not too much. Uh, 
given to Austin's point earlier about edge rushers and everything, if they don't go at them, could you possibly see them going after one of these big-name guys in the draft, like uh, a Jordan Smith out of UAB, Patrick Juggernaut Monsters from Pitt University line, Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones, and Jalen Twyman? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, that's good, Stephen. Watch, uh, watch the language, please, uh, Stephen. And you are... Um Way ahead of us on all these deep-diving draft guys, I think, uh, as we hit free agency and then poke into the draft in, in hefty order with uh, shock your mock kind of draft season coming up uh, next week. But, I, Austin, I think they'll get depth in the draft regardless, whether they sign a guy in free agency. And like I, I said earlier, it could be a B-level, C-level kind of guy. Maybe it's not the big splash play. Maybe the big splash play is already kind of gone. I don't see him bringing Yannick Ngakwe back. But I, I think they're going to add to that room. I, I think they're going to add to pass rushers. We all know you, you can't have enough of them. That's cliche in the NFL. Yeah. And so with all the picks that they have and with all the money they have, I would be stunned if they don't add probably two uh, to that room in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, you can obviously go, you know, I'd probably lean towards the third round, if anything, because keep in mind, the way it sits right now, you need tight ends. Uh, A safety has to be in play. Um, I still think a defensive tackle has to be in play as well. So there's still some stuff you got to address first before an edge rusher. But if there's a guy that you can't pass up there in the second or third round, I can see that. But if it's me, I'm going in a different different direction off the get-go. All right, keeping a big big signing as well. I know we were talking about this guy last week uh, for Miami potentially, but the Chargers expected to sign All-Pro Corey Lindsley for sources, so he's uh, away from Green Bay, which we knew was going to happen. And if you just catch it up, John Johnson signing with the Browns. Again, a safety that a lot of folks thought maybe the Jags uh, could be after. I want to talk about this philosophy. Are we getting a look into what the philosophy is, Austin? The fact that they're not just going to go get in this arms race, uh, these bidding wars, go spend it because... Because they have it. Is this a little bit of a sense of what Urban Meyer, Shad Khan, Trent Balky are putting together of a plan when we ask the question for weeks and weeks, how much will they spend? How active will they be? How much of that cap room do they want to use in year one? When, let's be honest, we know they're not going to win a Super Bowl in 2021. We, we think, I mean, heck, if you, there are some people who think maybe they can make a playoff run. I, I'm the president of the Sunshine and Rainbows Club, and I'm not even putting that on my list, okay? So, we know where they're at. They're a 1-15 team. And whether you agree with it or not, it sure looks like they are treating this year of free agency as almost a slow build and take some of the risk away to put them in position down the road, 2022-2023, to then spend and go get the guys they want to add uh, to the room when they're ready to win. Because I heard that a lot during the build of, of Bradley and, and Caldwell. It's like, well, we just don't think we're ready to take that next step, so maybe it's not the time to go spend $85 million on this guy. If you look at what they did in 13, 14, 15, it wasn't much. In 16 and 17 is where the Jags spent a lot of their money because they thought they were ready or they were desperate by that point to win, one or the other. So I sense we're trending in that direction in year one of Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke here with all the money they have to spend, and so far they've spent about, whatever, eight, you know, fifteen million a year, uh, and, and they're going to sign more probably, but certainly haven't broken the bank. They haven't broken the bank. I'm glad that you're about twenty minutes away from me right now because I want to put you in a rear naked choke like, like I did on Saturday because what did you, I do because because you're, you're talking about ah let's just let's just slow play this thing till next year. 
No, like, you think Urban Meyer wants to slow play anything? You don't think Urban Meyer wants to win right now? And listen, to have the, to have the audacity and say, well, we went 1-15 last year. I like what we got on the roster. We can make this happen. There's no way. Like, if, if it's me, you spend what you have, and you get as many pieces as possible because there's a lot of holes in this shinking ship that need to be taken care of. I'm literally typing in Hunter Henry every minute on Twitter and hitting the refresh button like an addict because I, I, I want to see Hunter Henry come to Jack. So, like, that's where I'm at right now. I don't want Urban Meyer his first year. We're talking about uh, four or five games. When, no, like, what happened to the excitement? What happened to Urban Meyer saying we're going to turn this whole thing around? You can turn it around in one year, but you need talent to do that. And you have a roster that went 1-15. I understand you have a lot of draft picks at your disposal, but that 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 won't be the the the, the end all be all difference. You have to address this stuff in free agency. So if I'm them, I'm spending money. Well, don't get so mad at me. I'm just trying to figure out the philosophy. Uh, but, but you're talking about slow playing this thing. I, I don't want to wait another year of slow playing a, a five win season. Yeah, well, so far I'm just telling you that's what it looks like. Again, we're hours in. I'm I'm not telling you to hit the panic button either. I'm just saying. In the early stages of this thing, when you're targeting two-year, $4 million special teams guys in the first three hours of free agency, that's weird. <laughs> All right, That usually comes like next Sunday. <laughs> you know, we're like five days into this thing and everybody's going to – that's odd. Going after a return man who you think can make you dynamic, you put a lot of emphasis on it, he's maybe one of the best in the game. Like, I get that a little bit more. That makes some sense. I want to go get my guy. But this is a moderate-level deal. For Robertson Harris, uh, it's it's a it's a depth play in special teams for Ford. I mean, this is just not this inclination of we're coming out storming out of the Jags headquarters and we're holding cash in our hands and we're going to spend it. It just doesn't have the look of that. And by the way, they obviously didn't throw more than the Patriots threw at John U. Smith. They didn't get him. So I uh, I'm with you. We'll see what happens with Hunter Henry, and I still think that tight end position is very important but i think either even if they got hunter henry uh, which would definitely add the splash to it i think this is not the jags saying we're going to go spend as much as we can to get better right away to, to win as many games as we can right now i think this is a longer view at free agency i don't think that means they don't want to win i just think it's a longer view uh, of what they're trying to build here over the next couple three years rather than all right we think we can go attack it all right now just fix the issues. Get it? Just get. Uh, what, what do you want me to say, man? I've been saying the same thing like it's Groundhog's Day for the past couple months. Get a tight end, address the interior defensive line. If you get a safety, that's fantastic. But like you have to address those things. It's, it's not even a fact of slow playing it or, or waiting till next year. It's a fact that you need to address those things. Like you need to. I don't know, man. I, uh, I don't think Urban Myers would be the guy that's just going to say, "All right, let's just let's save some of this money for next year when we got you know our, our feet underneath us a little bit." Like I feel like Urban Meyer wants to come in and make a big splash right away, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I thought so too, but give me the splash. I mean, right but now Brent, the pool like, is calm. Yeah, I need a yeah, cannonball. Listen, man. But listen, Smith Schuster still available. Kenny Galladay still available. Hunter Henry still available. Everett still available. Bunch okay. of three techniques still like. Let's not get too crazy here and saying, well, the Jaguars are slow playing this thing because you know they didn't get anybody yet. Like, there's still a lot of people out there to sign. It's just be patient. That's a good point. That's a fair point. I like that. There's still a lot of names out there. Joe Thune, by the way, a five-year, $80 million deal. Chiefs uh, corrected that issue in a hurry on the offensive line. That's a nice get.
for the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Kuz had to use the drop button once. He almost had to use it again on you. Uh, we're but he did. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 rolls on right after this. Free agency Monday has turned into a frenzy. <laughs> ESPN 690 Sports Center Update. Happy Monday. I'm Jake Mitchell. One of the best to ever do it hung up his cleats this weekend when 20-year veteran Drew Brees announced his retirement. Brees has just about every award and accolade the position offers. Here is ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter with more. He announces the decision today courtesy of his kids 15 years to the day that he landed in New Orleans. He bids goodbye to New Orleans. He's staying there, but he bids goodbye to the football team. He went to that franchise at a time when nobody wanted to go there. New Orleans had just gone through Hurricane Katrina. It was losing. It was not a destination. And Drew Brees turned it into one of the winning organizations in football. And here in town, congrats go out to Justin Thomas for taking home the money after winning at the Players' Championship by one stroke over Lee Westwood. This Sports Center update is brought to you by Morgan & Morgan. Morgan and Morgan. This kid has unlimited upside, and I'm not saying that in a, you know, I'm not trying to just throw out a bunch of hyperbole. He is the secret. He's kind of like the, the wild card in this in this quarterback derby because he has as much skill as any of them, if not more than any of them. And I forgot to say this. He also ran for 1,000 yards. It is, the son of a gun is a battering ram. Quarterback powers, draws. I mean, he's an absolute battering ram. 6'4", almost 6'5", 225 pounds. Beautiful specimen. Beautiful. And a great kid. You would love him if you talked to him. I mean, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm the Falcons, if I'm the 49ers, if I'm the Panthers, all these teams looking for quarterbacks, and if I'm the Patriots, I'm sitting there going, how in the hell did we get up there to get him? How do we get that guy? Just look out for Trey Lance when we're sitting there on the desk in Cleveland in a couple weeks. Wow, how about that? Uh, that is Lewis Riddick, and uh, interviewed for a couple of GM jobs, by the way. Really high on Trey Lance. I waited for the Trey Lance conversation. Not that the Jags care about him, because they're getting Trevor Lawrence, a different TL. Yeah. Uh, and there's no doubt about that. So they, Urban Meyer was at the players instead of going to North Dakota and the pro day. But I just I waited for you to come back, Austin, because I know you have some ties up there in North Dakota State. I know you, you have a lot of folks that really talk highly of Trey Lance. And I read a lot over the weekend on Lance. And, you know, he gets you excited. You know, yeah. if, if I'm one of these teams, he'd get you excited, no doubt. There's a little bit of an issue with accuracy, uh, some think. But it's funny how that gets a little bit dismissed now because of the success of Lamar Jackson and also the success of Josh Allen. And Josh Allen has changed that around. Now, I think that's dangerous for teams to put all that into those two guys because Lamar's just different anyway. Um, but Josh Allen has really improved, and they've done a heck of a job being patient with him. But those cops to the inaccuracy would worry me a little bit but it seems like there's a ton of upside on Trey Lance. Yeah, I think with Trey Lance, I mean, this is a dual-threat guy, obviously. This guy can, um, you know, he can run as the day is long. 
I think with him, it comes down to being the right situation. If, if he can find the team where all the dynamics work and everything, uh, he's going to have a lot of success, I think, right away. Um, I think the, you know, the accuracy, uh, and the mechanics, that, that'll come along, but I feel like where his base is at, and I get it, the sample size is small from only one game this past year, but I think with where his base is at, uh, his mentality and the attributes that he also brings to the locker room that you don't see on the field, I think is going to make him a pretty great quarterback for a long time. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see uh, how Trey Lance does and where he goes. Do you still think San Francisco is a possibility? I do, but, like, the, I mean, I'll be honest, though, the, the way that the, the quarterback carousel has kind of, you know, shown its head a little bit, uh, this can be anything. I mean, I have no idea where Trey Lance is going to go. I thought San Francisco would be a favorite to land him because I think Shanahan would embrace the skill set that Trey Lance can offer, but... There's a list of teams I think Trey Lance can go to. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I think there. Listen, there's going to be somebody maybe even jump up and get Trey Lance. They're going to fall in love uh, with that part of it, um, no doubt about it. We're going to talk Drew Brees in just a little bit. We'll catch up on free agency. Uh, hey, did you know that the bracket is out? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting move with the bracket. You know, it's going to adjust your schedules. There's not the Tuesday play-in game, the first four. Instead, it starts on Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday are the first and second round. You're going to have to get used to that, Austin. No, that's going to be uh, – it'll be different. Um, you know, I, I requested a TV in here uh, when the show started a couple years ago. So we got that TV in here, but thankfully I got my monitor with my YouTube TV account. Hopefully we got that e- – I guess they don't show on ESPN Plus, do they? So that's that's, that's out of the, the question. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be watching a lot of basketball during our show, so you may have to take over for a while. Yeah, I kind of like the schedule, though. It changes it up a little bit, and, you know, uh, I think as you get a little deeper, we're going to see some Monday-Tuesday games. I didn't even realize that, though. I just wasn't paying attention enough, but now that the bracket is out, uh, we're paying attention to it. Florida State. Um, and Florida, uh, of course, in seven seed, four seed. I like Florida State's bracket. I don't think Florida's good enough to do anything special. But uh, I do like FSU's bracket. Of course, you'll be able to hear the game uh, coming up this weekend on ESPN 690 as well. Your home for Florida State uh, basketball. Hey, when we come back, uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, I will mention the Players' Championship just for a moment or two. But I want to talk a little bit about Drew Brees as he retires and how much he's changed the game and what it means to be getting Trevor Lawrence punched this home. Plus, we'll keep up with the fluid situation in the NFL free agency and recap what the Jags have done so far. If you're just getting out of work and just getting in, Jaguars have made three acquisitions, at least reported acquisitions, not blockbusters, one moderate deal, a couple probably to help special teams. We'll talk about it some more. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.